Welcome back to Balagan. I'm Kobe Cohen. Netanyahu's rule in the last couple of years was a roller coaster ride, not just for his opposition, but also to his allies and even to his own party, the Likud. Bibism, just like Trumpism, has become a term used often in Israel to explain the blind support Netanyahu got from many of his supporters. But not all Likudniks were big fans of his ways. I am happy to host my friend Benjamin Lashkar. Benjamin made Aliyah from France in 1996, and he had been a Likud member for more than 20 years. He is a former member of the Likud Central Committee and leader of the Liberalim Balikud, the free market caucus of the party. He lives in Jerusalem, married with three children, and the owner of a branding and graphic design firm. And I'm really happy to have you here, Benjamin, to discuss what happened to the Likud under Netanyahu and what new hope somebody else may bring. Kobe, uh, first, thank you for inviting me to uh, your podcast. I'm very happy to share with you my uh, views and to uh, the people who are listening. As you can listen, <laughs> I met Dalia from France 25 years ago. Before being a Likud member, I was uh, an activist in uh, the, the Jewish Student Union of France. And I was already the leader of the right-wing uh, party uh, of the students. And so it was a natural choice for me when I met Alia to uh, join uh, Likud Student Union and uh, to be uh, in the Likud because it was already uh, my views. I'm a, a Jewish patriot. Uh, Jewish identity is very important for me. Uh, the land of Israel is very important for me. These were the main reasons, my opposition to the Oslo Accord. And that was defining uh, my... Uh, right-wing uh, identity uh, at this time. Today, my right-wing identity is wider. Economics are much more important to me. They were not at the time. Social issues, conservatism, judicial system, and the reforms we need to, to make. My views have changed, but not on the basic issues. I'm still a Eretz Israel supporter. It means that I oppose the Palestinian state, and I want a Jewish state, and these are the basic tenets of the right. And um, this is also why I left the Likud, because the Likud has uh, abandoned its ways and is now a party with no ideology, no views, and only a cult of personality for one man. He's ready to burn all the country if he needs to, and it's Netanyahu. So let's deep dive now to Netanyahu, because, you know, we do share a lot of friends in common that are still in the Likud and that they may say differently, but... I tend to agree with most of what you said, and we know each other for uh, actually 21 years now. We've met at the Hebrew University when you were leading LAVI, which was the Likud's uh, students' party, and I was leading the Labour's uh, students' party, OFEC. And, you know, what happened over the years? I mean, you made Aliyah when Netanyahu just got to his first term as prime minister. It's been a long era that Netanyahu is a serious player in the Israeli political um, court or a uh, playground. And you've been a Likud member. What happened over the years? When did you start seeing changes or when did you start seeing that things are not working well like you thought they would? Because it has been, you know, for almost a decade since you've been there. First, I never loved Netanyahu. I mean, since the beginning, there have been some times when I liked him and I respected him, and sometimes that I really didn't like him. For example, uh, when he gave uh, Hebron in uh, 1998, 
that's the wire reason, code. That's the reason that uh, I supported Benny Begin uh, in his run to prime minister in uh, 99. At the end, I voted for Netanyahu, of course, but uh, I wanted uh, Begin to uh, replace him. And also in 2013, I voted for Bennett the first time he ran because uh, I thought that uh, Netanyahu was already losing his ideology. But there have been other times when I thought that Netanyahu was on the right track. When he was a particular uh, minister of finance, he was maybe the best minister of finance ever in Israel in between uh, 2003 and five. He was also a very good uh, foreign minister. I think Netanyahu is a great minister. When he's focusing on one thing, he's very, very good. But prime minister is a job where you need to work with other people. You need to coordinate. You need to give uh, power to other people. And that's exactly the things that Netanyahu doesn't know how to do, can't do, refuses to do. He's a one-world man. And he can't rule a parliamentary de democracy like Israel alone. And that's uh, the, the main problem with him. At the end, it became a cult of personality, as I said. He's obsessed with uh, himself. He has a messiah complex. He thinks that uh, if he's not the prime minister, Israel is going to disappear. He's the only one who can save Israel. That's maybe a way of explaining why he wants so much power. He can't uh, accept himself that he wants power for power, so he needs to justify it. But at the end, uh, Netanyahu uh, just lost uh, touch with, uh, with reality. And that's why the Likud became what it became today. The main issue for me has been the last two years. Until two years ago, the Likud was still not a perfect place, but it was still a democratic party. And there was a large opposition to Netanyahu inside the party. But in the last two years and a half, since the first elections, slowly it became a cult. And being against Netanyahu was a treason. We saw it in the primaries when Gidon Sarr ran against Netanyahu. Maybe we'll speak about it later. The violence. The violence inside the, the Likud against anybody who refuses to be a blind supporter of Netanyahu has been incredible. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I've been against the left, and the left is not very nice, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> there are many crazy people on the left in Israel, but I've never seen anything like that. The violence, the hatred, in particular, the hatred is crazy. I mean, it's incredible. It's uh, pure madness. As a lefty, I can tell you that it wasn't new for us what you experienced in the last two years in the Likud, you know. But I want to ask you a question. You said that Netanyahu was a great minister. He knows how to be a head of opposition. I mean, yes. I always like to say that actually the whole uh, DNA of the Likud party, opposition is so embedded in him that even when they are the government, they go and they uh, sometimes you can see ministers or, uh, you know, cabinet members who are protesting against the government. It never made sense to me. But I want to ask you, in 2013, you said that you voted for Naftali Bennett, just to make it clear to our yeah. audience. Naftali Bennett, in his first years in politics, he took what used to be the Mafdal. It was, I would say, um, modern Orthodox Zionist party of Israel. And that was right after Netanyahu um, made the deal with Hamas about exchanging one soldier, Gilad Shalit, with the 1,100 terrorists. Was that connected to the reason why you decided to choose Naftali Bennett? It or was it wasn't because of that? It was many reasons. It was one of the reasons. I mean, 
at the time, almost everybody supported the deal. I was in the minority was against, but... Uh, we were yes, on the was, same side, by the way, okay. at that time. Yes, it was uh, this reason. Another reason was a big protest of 2011 and the way he handled it. I, I didn't like it. And the third reason was the union with uh, Israel Beitenu, the party of Avigdor Lieberman, and I couldn't oh, vote I... for Lieberman. It's funny because now I think he's a very good uh, finance minister now, but at least in the last uh, he just two weeks, started, so he just started. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, the beginning is very good. It's very surprising. He was the last man I would uh, imagine being good at that, but we'll see. I agree. Um, <laughs> and uh, the fact that Netanyahu uh, agreed in 2009 to Palestinian state that he throws the construction oh, the in speech. speech. He throws the construction of, of buildings in Judea and Samaria during one year for Obama, what the, even the left never did. It was uh, many, many things. And on the other side, the reason that I came back to Netanyahu during uh, 2015 and 2019, that explained what's happening in the Likud. Because uh, you won't like it, but the reason of the Bibism is the left. The hatred for Netanyahu, I mean, I don't like Netanyahu, but I don't hate him. But the hatred against Netanyahu in the left, in some part of the left, not all the left, is so crazy that it created the Bibism, created a reaction. And this reaction became uh, too strong and crazy itself. That's what started it. When you see the, the, or the media is always against him and attacking him for stupid things, I mean, you can attack him for many things, but they always attacked him on stupid issues like his wife or his son. I mean, they, I don't like this. They're, they're, they're crazy. Okay, his wife is crazy. His son is not really sane. But okay, they're, they're private citizens. You don't need to run uh, whole campaigns against them. You, you have a series of uh, accusations against Netanyahu that were so grounded in uh, irrationality and hatred that it created a reaction in the public that it was an attack against them. They were not attacking Netanyahu, they were attacking all the right. All the people were not part of the, the that's Ashkenazi. You're saying edit. that's what the supporters experienced. I mean, that's what I experienced. And, but, uh, but I want to ask you two questions. Don't you think, I mean, Netanyahu is master of a freedom shawl. I forgot the words in English. Separate but, and rule. Yes. Okay. He's been doing it for years. My experience as a lefty was that he's always targeting me in order to hold his tribe much stronger and, and his support much stronger. Because he that, always found somebody point. else as an enemy or as a target. In all times, it was the Supreme Court. At one point, it was the media. Then it was the police. Everybody is hunting him. And let's talk about the media for a second, because you brought up a point. You don't think that the media's main job, and we both think that it's not doing its work good, but is to criticize the government and to say what's not working. And of if course. something is... So why do you think that they were targeting him for nothing? There, there is criticism and then there is a diabolization. And there is a just a fair criticism and there is a unfair criticism. It was really unfair. I mean, and Netanyahu liked it, loved it. I mean, one of the main criticisms that I have against Netanyahu is that he never opened the the media, I mean, Americans maybe can't understand that, but in Israel, the market of the media is closed, in particular for the uh, television. You can't open a TV station as you want, and there are very few TV stations, and the government has this very strong regulations, and the result is that we have uh, very few channels who are all uh, but one, very uh, small uh, left-wing, 
And that's what Netanyahu wanted, because he wanted a media that's, that's against him. So he can say to the public, look, they hate me, you need to be against media because the population doesn't like the media. He never opened the media because he doesn't want right-wing media that will criticize him from the right. I mean, that's his main uh, um, nightmare. Yes. What he wants is a crazy media against him, and that's what he created at the end, a media that is just propaganda for him, like uh, Channel 20. I mean, maybe you don't see it in the USA, but it's if you think Fox News is a propaganda, I mean, you've never seen uh, Channel 20. It's just <laughs> like Netanyahu is just broadcasting himself all the day. Uh, it's a joke, I mean. And that's what he wants. He wants a channel like this and channels that hates him. And he's winning on both sides. But I want to say two things about the media in Israel, because I want to get to your perceptions and talk about liberalism by Likud, because the Likud used to be the liberal party of Israel. In the you European know, meaning, not the American one. Yeah, in an economic terms, not the Americans. I agree with you. That's a good distinction. When you're talking about the media in Israel, I always tend to see Israel as a really small market. I mean, we're talking about less than 10 million people. Even the two channels that we're talking, the main channels, which is 12 and 13, but it used to have different names. That's one of the things that Netanyahu kept on doing. He kept on playing with them, so they always switched. But they are barely making any profit on one hand. And on the other hand, most of these media channels are actually ruled by uh, friends of Netanyahu. Even Channel 20 that you mentioned, which started as a tradition and a folklore channel, it's now a plain political pro-Netanyahu propaganda channel. But channels 12 and 13 also have, uh, you know, reporters from the right, and they're being owned by friends of Netanyahu. So there is a lot of pressure on them. They don't uh, decide what's the, the political line of the channels. And they have no influence on how the channel is uh, broadcasting its news. Anyway, Channel 12 today is much more balanced than it used to be in the past. Not uh, very balanced, but it's much more balanced. Channel 14 is uh, still uh, very left-wing. But you just need to open. I mean, today, that's true that they don't make any money. But they don't need to because of the regulations. They have support from the state. They are not in a real competitive market. And if they were a real competitive market, they will be very different. But I don't think it's very, very important, a very specific issue for our auditors. What I want to say is that Netanyahu created this situation that he acted against his own uh, ideology because it was his personal interest. And, and it became his uh, modus operandi, is that Netanyahu, first of all, is, uh, works for his own political interest, and after that, for the country. I mean, for me, that's the main reason that I left the Likud. It became the Netanyahu, personal Netanyahu party. Only what is good for him, he doesn't care. Even what is good for the Likud does not interest him. I mean, look, the best example of the last elections, if Netanyahu had left the politics, I mean, he has been prime minister for 15 years. He could have said, okay, it's enough. Uh, the situation is blocked. What's important is for the Likud to stay in power and uh, to continue our policies. So I'm, uh, I decided to quit and to give uh, the Likud to a new leader. Had he done that, there will be a new leader in the Likud. He will be today prime minister. There will be a large coalition of the right wing. And the Likud uh, <laughs> would rule today. But the Likud preferred to sacrifice himself just for Netanyahu to stay in politics. I mean, that's crazy. I don't think there is any party in the world that would do something like that. 30 years ago, the conservative in UK, when uh, Thatcher became a uh, weight for the party, they just uh, expelled her, the mythological Thatcher. 
okay? And they won the elections and they continued because that's politics. That's what a real it party does. to win some Churchill as well. Yes. That's what you do when you're a real party. But when you're, you're a cult, like the Likud, where the leader is more important than the party, that you sacrifice yourself for your leader. That's crazy. That's not politics. Yeah, but some of our friends will tell you that you are not a real Democrat because you don't accept the fact, you know, if we go to Gidon Saar, now the leader of New Hope, which technically, by the way, if he would supported Netanyahu now, you could have formed also a right-wing ultra-Orthodox government, but we'll touch it uh, in a right few minutes. Name. But they will tell you, listen, Netanyahu won against Gidon Saar. He won more than 72% of the votes. So what do you want? So what is your answer to that? Yes, he won. And then he ran to the elections in uh, 2020 and Gidon Saar supported him. And uh, once again, uh, he didn't win. And Gidon Saar created his party one year later. He didn't left the party just after he lost. He supported Netanyahu once again. And once again, Netanyahu lost the elections. I mean... Failed to form a coalition. Let's be honest yes, about it. Exactly. And uh, once again, there was no real victory. And after that, Netanyahu did the infunkable. I mean, he made a deal with Gantz. Right. And for his own personal interest, he decided to break the deal by not passing the budget. I mean, for two years in a row, Israel has no budget. And yeah. the only reason is the personal interest of Netanyahu. I mean, <laughs> that's insane. Not passing the budget of the state. almost. It's actually for three years now, because yes. the last budget passed was actually for 2018. Yes. Um, so we have been three years without budget just because Netanyahu thinks it's good for him and he could break a deal that he made just a few months before. I mean, that's too much. There is a red line somewhere you have to stop. And the Gideon Star decided that it was time to, to, you can't continue. I mean, the liquid, as I said, the liquid was not a platform where you can uh, defy Netanyahu anymore. It became a, a party where you have to uh, obey the leader. And uh, if you just open your mouth against the leader, you, you I mean, you are attacked. Nobody's going to kill anybody, but your political life is in danger, in this meaning, of course. And when Gideon Sarr just uh, decided to run against Netanyahu, who's our primaries, I mean, every election was just supposed to be primaries. Sometimes uh, Netanyahu uh, succeeded in uh, erasing the, the primaries, but it's not the first time that someone is uh, running against Netanyahu. Uh, right. What's his name? He was uh, in the UN before. Uh, Danny Danone. Uh, Danny Danone, ran yeah. against Netanyahu and... Sylvan Shalom and Feiglin also and other people. Nobody said that they were traitors. But now, like two years ago, running against Netanyahu was treason. And why does he run against Netanyahu in the primaries? That's democracy. No, no, you, it's, it's treason. That's, that started there. I mean, at the beginning, I intended to vote for Gidon Saar, but I didn't intend to support him in public. But they were so crazy that I had to fight. It's funny you mentioned Sylvan Shalom, and I actually remember that Netanyahu actually pulled a trick on Sylvan Shalom in order to give him a really short runway for the primaries when he called for election. I think that the Likud constitution is saying that the primaries will be held prior to election, right? Yes. When general election is being conducted. But what Netanyahu did, he said, okay, you want primaries? I'll make it short and quick. And that's what he did all the time. He always played with everything yes. he had in order to make the primaries on his own term and in the time that will work for him. So it's also yes, not example, exactly democratic. Exactly. For example, uh, the primaries for the 19 elections were in uh, 16, in 2016, I mean, three years before. 
he made the primaries uh, three years before the elections. I mean, right. <laughs> when nobody was running against him because you have no time. That's what he wanted to do now. He wanted to do the primaries for the next elections now. So there is no opposition. I right. mean, of course, this time, the, everybody is refusing because they uh, knew. <laughs> they, they feel that it's the end of Netanyahu and they're not going to let him uh, take the party hostage uh, for many years. So this time, maybe we can see a revolt uh, in, the, in the Likud, but it's uh, very soon, very soon. So let's talk about new hope, okay? Let's start actually with Liberalim Balikud, because you brought up the distinction and I want to broaden it a little bit. I mean, for me as a lefty, I don't see new hope. I mean, new hope was uh, tagged as leftist by Netanyahu and his uh, friends only because they refused to support him personally. And Gideon okay. Saar said it on his campaign. If you want Netanyahu as prime minister, don't vote for me. He said it loud and clear. But New Hope, Tikva Chadasha, is, for me at least, it's an ultra-right-wing party, security-wise and economic-wise. So let's talk about what was liberal in Balikud, what were you trying to get, and how is it formed in a New Hope? Okay, uh, the, the liberals in the Likud, uh, I mean, in English, in American English, it is, the meaning is the, the opposite of uh, what it is. The free market caucus of the Likud, it's not free market, just free market. It was uh, personal rights and, for example, the legalization of cannabis and things like that. Reducing uh, legislation. Yes. Our goal was to uh, bring back the Likud to its uh, roots, party of the right, that's one of the small government, small taxes, free enterprise. I mean, Americans can understand what I'm talking about because Israel is a very, very socialist country still. And we have a um, very big state, and, um, and in particular, a lot of regulation. The main problem in Israel is, in Israel is regulation. You can't do anything, in particular in business. The cost of doing business is very high in Israel. Uh, the prices are very high because you don't have a free market on uh, food. Uh, the food is produced locally with the Soviets. I mean, I use the term Soviet because they are Soviets. That's exactly the term. The Motsot Haklayot, it's the, the translation from Russian, the Soviet. They control the price, the quantity, like in uh, communist Russia. And you almost can't import because the taxes are very, very, very high. That's an example, but everything is like that. Uh, so we want to uh, open the market. I mean, the prices in Israel are the highest almost of the OECD, while the salaries are below the, the average. Or lower. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, the level, our level of life is much lower than it should be. Our main goals were to fight the remains of socialism in Israel. And the Likud was supposed to be the main instrument. I mean, Netanyahu did it when he was the Minister of Finance. But, uh, to some extent. Yes, he started. But in the last 10 years, the Likud abandoned any ideology in anything, in fact. So we had to create this, uh, this party that used that this uh, group that was very, very successful in the last years and um, started to influence uh, many, many Knesset uh, members and uh, ministers. But uh, in the last year, everything collapsed. For demagogic reasons, Netanyahu decided that it was better to go socialist a full way. And uh, it was also one of the reasons that... You're, uh, you're from... talking about what happened with the COVID, with the, the coronavirus. Yes. You know, just to bring things into context, explain our audience what exactly were the economic 
steps that the government took, which some will say, like me, that he was trying to create a political bribery for the election. It was exactly that, political bribery. They spent money like uh, we have a magic tree <laughs> with money on it. There is a deficit of uh, 200 billion shekels. It's huge for Israel. It's the highest ever in the history of Israel. We paid people for not working, and it was justified because of the restrictions, but they made it longer than it needed to be for much more people than it needed to be. And when the, 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 the market started to open, they didn't stop it. They continued with no reason because the elections were coming, so <laughs> they didn't want to, uh, to lose votes. And so we lost billions and dozens of billions. Uh, there were no reforms, no opening of the market. The Likud has become the main uh, party of the, all the groups that wants to control small interest. And they're all in the Likud and they control the, I mean, they, they did what the liberal in Balikud did, but <laughs> they have much more people. So they became uh, much more powerful. And so the, the Likud is now uh, almost a socialist party. Well, I, would, I wouldn't call it a socialist. I would call it a matter of terms of interest party. Sure. But it's not want, ideology. They're know, not socialism, socialist by ideologies. They exactly. Just, yes. Because, you know, actually, when we're talking about it, you know, I'm a big fan of the Istadrut originally, of the <laughs> workers' union, and Binyamin no, is in, not. In, He's in, against in, it. We had a special episode, episode 40 in our podcast, was talking about the Istadrut. So if you want to get a better understanding, go and listen to it. But if we're checking the Istadrut today, Okay, most of the big unions are being run by uh, Likud uh, people. Exactly. Okay, and the you know, IAI, the, the Israeli air industries, the airports uh, unions worker, all of the big workers' union, I think besides the electric company, are being ruled now by Likud members, and they are actually members of the Central Committee. In and the I, have news, I have news for you, maybe you missed it because it was today, uh, Miri Regev uh, wants to run uh, as the head of the Istadrut. Oh my God, that's like an irony that committed suicide from Empire State Building, seriously. <laughs> oh my God, is that real? I'm not up to date. But yeah, so you're talking about that, and I guess that Liberal in Balikud tried to work against it, right? Yes, and, and they failed. Of course, the because they have a lot of power. Yes. They, they succeeded in bringing thousands of people to the party and to have some influence. But at the end, they are, for Netanyahu and his people, they are nothing compared to the big uh, workers, the unions. And that's all they decided what, where the interest is, uh, is. That's all. So uh, New Hope is a liberal national party like the Likud is, is supposed to be. It's not a libertarian party at all. It's a moderately uh, right-wing party in, on, in economics. But it's uh, much more committed to uh, implement our policy in, in economics because first we have no uh, unions in the party because also the, the people, half of the people from the uh, new, new Hope from, come from the Likud and half from uh, Yemina or even the Blue White and other parties. The people are very ideological and uh, very committed to the quality of the party. It's a new party. Maybe in five years or 10 years, it will be very different. But today, it's a very refreshing to be in a party where people are optimists and they're here for, for the change. And they're not here to get jobs. They're not here to, for power. I mean, like Miki Zohar said, 
קור, מונה. The three cuff. And honor, yes. כוח, כבוד וכסף. Power, in English oh. it sounds different. It's money, power and respect. It sounds better yes. in Hebrew. <laughs> and that's the Likud, I mean, that's exactly what the Likud was. Uh, you have no idea how much it describes most of the Likud. And so New Europe is not like that, because I said, it's new. Maybe in a few years it will be different. But today we have part people who are idealistic, who really believe in the, the common good. I mean, also it sounds stupid what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but <laughs> because it's very naive. But yes, that's a new party with people who are committed to the good of Israel. Maybe they can be wrong on some things. I don't agree with everything the party, but at least we are in an environment of people who want to change and to do good things. And if you don't agree with us, I mean, for ideological reasons, at least it's for real reasons. We can discuss uh, what is good, what's not good. We can agree, not agree. But it's not uh, H-thread because we don't support your leader. We're not traitors. We, can't, we are not for or against Netanyahu. That's the reason Netanyahu needs to go because he's polluting the, the political discourse. He's making everybody crazy, starting by his own uh, camp. And I hope he will leave us in the next year, next two years, I mean, As long as he's in the politics, it will be very, very difficult to come back to reason. And that's the main issue now. I would argue with you that I think that what happened to the Likud in recent years, but it happened on, I would say, on steroids because of Netanyahu, actually is the same thing that happened to the Labour Party, to the old Labour Party, Mapai, in the 70s. It got corrupted over the years from so many years of ruling And, you know, over here, for example, in the U.S., you know, the system is way more simple. Even though it's not the same, we have a parliamentary system and the American system is a presidential system and it's a winner takes all, while Israel is much more complicated for Americans to understand politically wise. So I really want to ask you, I mean, you're talking about Netanyahu and that you really hope that in the next couple of years, you know, he'll step down from power in the Likud. So... Before our time is almost up, so I want to ask you two more questions before we yes. end. The first one, do you really see Netanyahu steps down, or do you no. think that the people within the Likud will push him out? And the second thing, since eventually New Hope and Gidon Saar, Gidon Saar is a Likud member. I mean, he was a part of the Likud, even though when uh, Ariel Sharon, who established Kadima, offered him to join him, He stayed with Netanyahu and uh, Silvan Shalom. He was one of the more ideological uh, people in the Likud. And he stayed there in the worst days. So you don't see a chance that, you know, at one point, New Hope and the Likud will go back together and you'll reunite as one big happy family again? Regarding the first question, Netanyahu won't step down. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that's, that's obvious. He will uh, lose... The primaries at the party, I, I can't imagine it now. I mean, the party is too much for him today. But in one, two, three years after being uh, the head of the opposition and uh, a loser, maybe it will change. I have no idea. It's impossible to say. Maybe we'll go to prison at the end. I don't know. By the way, I think the accusations against Netanyahu's trial is a joke. I agree with the Bibist about uh, this, that the trial against Netanyahu is a joke. But he will be condemned. And so... It will take a few years. Maybe that will be the end for him. I don't know what will be the end for Netanyahu, but he won't stay forever, and he will never be a prime minister again. I mean, the majority of the country hates him, so it won't happen. We'll see how much time it takes. Regarding the second question, once again, it depends on many things. First, 
what will happen to the liquid? I mean, if as long as Netanyahu is staying, the liquid will, will shrink. I think that the liquid uh, is going to kill the liquid with him. So if the liquid has a, a pulsion of life in it, uh, it will replace Netanyahu very quickly. If not, the liquid will become like uh, the Labour Party, a small party, and uh, we'll see what uh, happens with it. New Hope will probably run with uh, Yemina in the last, next elections. I seems the most uh, logical thing to do. I don't know it will happen. I can't see any other logical uh, thing to do. There are two very similar parties, and there is no they're together in the government. There is no reason not to run together. And maybe at the end they will absorb uh, what's left of the Likud or not. It's impossible to say what the future will do. But um, as long as Netanyahu is at the head of the Likud, there is no chance of reunification. Benjamin, thank you very much. I mean, we do have a lot more stuff to discuss, but I think it's a lot of things that we brought up today. Thank you for making the distinctions and bringing a new point of view to our audience about what happened in the Likud from the inside. So I'm looking forward to record with you again. With pleasure. And thank you very much for uh, listening to another episode of Balagan. Thank you, Kobe. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and wanted to thank you for joining me. If you like my podcast, feel free to rank it and share it with others. I also invite you to subscribe to my podcast so you will get updates when a new episode is on the air. And last but not least, I invite you to check my website, Balagan, www.balagan.ltd, for more content about Israel's history and politics. Bye for now, and have a great day. Thank you.